Welcome to Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast, where we seek to provide you the tools to preserve and promote college radio. I'm Shane Garcia, a little stuffy today, but I am here with the man, the myth, the legend himself, and now retired station advisor for 91.7 WIXQ in Millersville, Pennsylvania, Dr. Ralph Doc Rock Antonin. Doc, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Shane. Have you looked outside? Have you felt the temperature outside? It's like it's summer out there, Doc. Yeah, and that gives me a really good feeling because uh, I like it when the, the warm weather comes and the cold weather slides away. I like going outside there yesterday, Doc. I, I got home from work and I went outside and I just went on for a nice little walk and it really helped clear my head, but it just felt so good to be out there. And it it did yesterday, too. We were in Philly. Mama was in a swim meet. She got five first places, so... We came home, and I really, even though it was dark, I felt good. Well, I'm glad that you could feel good, Doc. Yeah, I I walked outside last night at like 12 in the morning, and it still felt nice out there. Yep, good day. So what's on tap today, Shane Garcia? Well, on tap today, Doc, is a topic that we are both personally invested in, but especially more so you, Doc. This topic is right up your alley. I've wanted to do this for a while now because... I know the college radio station was always looking out for me in some way, shape, or form. And the college radio station, at least I would hope, for many, many others, invested in the future of the student. And thanks to our college radio station and the culture and the foundation that was created by you, hundreds, if not thousands of students personally felt that. And it was all thanks to the goals that you set up, Doc, the things that you set out to do over the years. And there's a lot of background behind that that I'd like to pick your brain about here today. Well, it all starts when Doc was in a, a young man. Because do you know, Shane, that I didn't get to where I got to by myself? I got to there because a lot of people mentored me, helped me, and groomed me to become the person I became, whatever that is. And so I thought it's time to give back. I thought I should give back to the to the same uh, young people that I had been given the uh, some mentoring and some help. So that's where it, it all started. And then, of course, we know how I accidentally stumbled on WIXQ, right, on WMSR. Even with Millersville in general. Yeah, I, I, I was in advisement. I ran the undeclared program. My goal was always to help the student grow. I was more on the uh, student affairs side of this, even though I was in academic affairs. I was trying to help them become the best person they could possibly be. And I wanted them to be good citizens of the United States of America, because I love America. You know that. And I wanted them to uh, to honor uh, the fact that they had America and really contribute to society later in life. And I wanted also to believe, Shane, that they would make the world better than my generation did. I have this innate belief that the young will make the next generation better than I than my generation did. So before we get into this a little bit further, Doc, I have to ask you, when you were growing up and when you were getting mentored, what different strategies did people take with you? How did they mentor you to turn you into the person that you became today? Well, they helped me, Shane. They helped me grow because when you're young, you know, I have this saying that when you're young, you know all the answers, but none of the questions. And when you're old, you know all the questions, but none of the answers. So, I mean, you're still relatively young. You think, I mean, young people, I thought I knew everything, right? I thought I knew, but that was wrong. And I had a lot of people, for some reason, took a liking to me. I'm going to start naming some names that you'd have never heard, probably. 
I got to go to college because of a woman named Ethel Peabody. Have you ever heard me talk about Ethel Peabody? I think you brought her name up a couple times to me, Doc. She helped me get into Tufts University. She got me a scholarship there. Or somebody got me a scholarship there. And then there was a guy named Dr. John Newell at uh, Tufts University who uh, said, you ought to go get your doctorate. You're good in mathematics. I was going to be a math educator. So I went to the University of Minnesota. Then I went there and there was a guy named uh, Raymond Oliver Collier and Don McEachern. They got me a scholarship that led to my uh, doctoral degree. And then you're not going to believe this. Then I went to Cleveland, Ohio to teach at Case Western Reserve because the Cleveland Browns were there. I was a Cleveland Brown. What a, what a way to pick a school. Go there because the football team is there playing professional football. So I went to Case Western Reserve and there was a woman named Elise Fleming who took a liking. She was a, a full professor and she and I did some writing together and she mentored me into becoming a professor. Then on a whim, I went to a I had been uh, let go by uh, Case Weston, and I went to a conference in New York, and Betty Finney, a former student of mine, uh, slipped me the job description for the director of ed research at Millersville University. Then I came to Millersville. Then the dean of uh, education got mad at me and threw me out of the school of education at Millersville, and Joe Caputo, bless his soul, made me the retention officer. And, and then uh, somebody, Gary Rygett, asked me to develop the undeclared program. So, Shane, do you realize everywhere I went, someone was watching over me? I wonder why, Doc. I have no idea. <laughs> mama, think, I, uh, mama thinks mama watches over me because I think she thinks I'm helpless. I don't think it's because you're helpless, Doc. I think it's because you're a very polarizing personality. A what kind of personality? A polarizing personality. Some people love you, but other people, they just can't handle you. Exactly. And I've always said, if I don't, mama hates it when I, when there's somebody I don't like, cause they know I don't like them. She said, you are so embarrassing, but if you like me and I like you, I'll do anything for you. I'll do anything for you, but I won't hurt anybody. Shane, I'm a man of peace and love. I'll just ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't exist. Bye. So I've got I've got myself in a lot of trouble over the course of time, but I did try to create an atmosphere of help at WIXQ. I wanted to help the students grow, not just in radio skills, but in life skills. I was always trying to teach life skills. And the radio station is such a unique place for you to accomplish that because you have various people from all over the campus coming in there. Those looking to aspire to be broadcasters, somebody coming in as an extracurricular you have a freshman who's just now training to be a college radio DJ. You have the leaders who are trying to run the radio station. Then, of course, there's campus and community members coming into the station all the time. It's a mishmash of everybody. Yes, we are perhaps one of the most diverse groups on campus because WIXQ, rightly, wrongly, whatever you want to call it, accepts everybody, accepts everybody. And, and I tried to create that welcoming master service. You are all welcome, even those who differ and disagree. We will agree to disagree, but we're all welcoming. And, and this common music bond binds us. So I have to ask you, Doc, how did you first set out to mentor the DJs or the leaders of the radio station once you got in there? Well, being advisor, I started right away. I mean, uh, <laughs> Shane, you know, from the earlier podcast, I know nothing about college, about radio in general. I'm not a comm professor. I was a empirical statistician who was ed psych major, psych minor. It means I some, knew something about people. 
but I wanted to help people. So I started right away mentoring. And I knew right away it was a student-run station. I better have good leadership. So I got to confess, I used to pick out people who I thought might be future leaders and encourage them then to run for leadership roles. And of course, one of the things that I had researched and studied throughout my life was leadership. And I always knew what skills I was looking for, okay? And I wanted to, to, to if a student didn't have those skills, but possessed some of the, the desire to lead, the passion is the key variable, the passion to lead the radio station, I was willing as advisor to help them learn leadership and help them become leaders. So I started with the fact that you have to have passion for WIXQ to become a leader. Not something you just threw on your resume. Sorry. I mean, I'm going to give you a couple of stories. Many kids asked me to write letters of reference, and I did for the leaders. But there was a couple incidents that I can recall where a kid put my name down. I got a phone call from someone at a radio station. Do you know so-and-so? I said, never heard of him. And yet they put my name down, thinking that I would give them a good recommendation. Well, I'm not going to give you a recommendation if you just did a, a, a show at WIXQ. That's, that's not worthy enough. I would give you a great recommendation if you were a leader. You mentioned earlier about how you had read the literature, and that's what really helped you become a mentor or somebody who invested in the future of the students. What specific examples of reading the literature did you really take into factor here when you tried to practice this to the college radio station? Well, I read a lot of stuff about uh, of student advocacy. I even wrote a chapter in a book on advocating for students with my good friend Jay Chaskis. And then I read a whole bunch of stuff in what would be called student affairs kind of things, namely Ernie Boyer, connectedness to the institution, retention. I, as you know, I was retention officer, so I wound up reading a whole bunch of people who had written about how to retain students. And, and so I understood all that literature. Uh, I can't remember all the people who wrote about it because uh, that is in my past, but I, I think I became sort of an, uh, an authority on the literature of retention and helping students and advocating for students. Because as you know, students very often don't have a voice at, uh, at the university. This was giving them a voice because it's pretty much determined by the professors and administration uh, in the academic side, but in the student affairs, you're given the leeway of learning some skills that you don't learn in the classroom. You ever notice in, in America today, there's still a cry for leaders, isn't there? Always. You still want always need leaders. So it was a topic that just fascinated me. And then I wanted to put it into practice. I wanted to show that we actually uh, could teach some kids leadership, even if they didn't start out as great leaders. Now, in some cases, I think I succeeded. In some cases, I failed because we had leaders who were chosen, obviously, at WIXQ. Some were, were good at it. Others bombed. They just didn't know how to lead. It became a power trip, an ego thing for them. So you got to separate that ego from leadership. It isn't just you got to have a good ego to, to sustain yourself, but you also have to have a passion to help the radio station. And I'm sure once you started to enact these practices, you started to see the students benefiting from these types of leadership or these types of skills that you enacted onto them. When did you first start to see that people really genuinely appreciated what you were setting up for them? Well, I guess they would come back. 
You know what I mean? And I would run into, you know how much I love our alumni, right? A ton. And, and they would come back and thank me indirectly. And I would see them succeed in life. And that's all I wanted to them was succeed in life. And, and alumni reunions, man, I love those. I love when alumni come back. They would come back during my show and they would talk. I mean, I'm not going to mention specific names because everybody always gets they, their names should be mentioned. And, and there's so many, I can't mention them all. But I really, really love the fact that they came back. I knew that they were successful. Of course, the alumni page has kept many in touch with us. And you can see the love these people have uh, for WIHQ. And that was a love that eh, maybe I had some part in, but they created that. They became... Uh, they became WIXQers for life. Like Keith Grohowski with his big tattoo on his arm. He's a WIXQer for life. You mentioned Keith Grohowski's name. Steve Euknes, who was another comm major that went on to work in radio and is now working for Apple Music. Or even Darissa Belinsky, Christina Diefenderfer, Josh Hankins. The list goes on and on with the people who we've interacted with here on the podcast. Yeah, and... and- and then every one of them is special. I mean, I know they all want to be number uno, numero uno, but we can't be number one. They're all special to me. And they're all part of the WISQ family who has uh, since graduated from WISQ. And I think it's important to remember here, Doc, that even though it's a college radio station, people aren't coming to work at a college radio station. They're coming to take part in an extracurricular activity. And while it's important to set it up like it's a like it's a radio station, that's not what it's all about in the end. No, it is not. And unfortunately, some people think it's their job. And that's when it becomes dangerous because people are volunteering to do this, even though the station manager program director get paid, which, by the way, Shane, when that came up many years ago, I argued against it. Really? Yes, because that I thought was taking away the spirit of WXQ. You're now being paid to do your job. And that's not what this is all about. This is not a job. This is an extracurricular activity that you volunteer to do. So rightly or wrongly, they, they, they pass that. And then some people who have come along think it's their job. This is not a job, Shane. You're not going to do this for the rest of your life. Some people might. Some people might be lucky enough. But a lot of people, I'd say probably, what would you say, 90 to 95 percent of them will not do this for a job? Nope. They will not be in radio. Especially today with the way that radio is. Oh, radio, as you found out from all the people before us, is a corporate-run thing. It's a business. And like any business, there's only limited amount of uh, space. And college radio, mom-and-pop stations are going by the board. So those kinds of stations just don't, won't exist in the future. It'll be all corporate radio. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just what it is. It is what it is. Now, regardless of whether or not you're trying to get in the college radio station to get some goals and to get some experience and working towards a career, or whether or not you're just doing it for fun, you know, it's important, again, to make sure resources are there for the students to make sure they succeed while they are at the college radio station. And I think something that I've always appreciated about our college radio station, Doc, is that WIXQ has provided the students a structure of support whether or not it's for their show, whether or not it's to set them up for a career, to give them the hands-on experience, or whether or not it's the leadership skills that they can take away, or having friends that can be there for them, or an advisor that can be there for them to give them the advice, to give them the talks that they need when times get tough. You got it. 
And one of the most difficult things I had to do sometimes was during a bad situation, try to provide knowledge, uh, use it as a life lesson, okay? And take the bad experience and try to use it then and turn it around into educating the students about life. How did you do that, Doc? Like, what was your mindset as far as that was concerned? Shane, I don't really know if I had a mindset. I just had this, this I was a teacher. I was, I, I was, that's what I do. That's what teachers do. They help. Did, did you ever have a good teacher, Shane Garcia? I did. I've, I've had a couple good teachers. Did you ever notice they really liked you, took an interest in you, not just in the classroom, but trying to help you grow? Yeah. And that's what motivated a good, that's what a good teacher does. I was a college professor first, I guess, but I was really a teacher. That's what college professors should do. They should be te good teachers. And of course, another way or a specific way, I should say, to really invest in the future of the students by giving them a structure of support is something that you have taken great pride in over the years, Doc, and that being a grade check. Yes, I always, always made sure that Constitution said 2.0 or better. And I, as you have found out, there are a couple people we have interviewed who have got sort of thrown off the air, right? Yeah, Keith Grohowski on the last episode, and then going all the way back to episode number 28, having on Ronnie Ramon, a former Central Pennsylvania radio disc jockey. Yep, and I think I helped those kids in, by making them not able to do the thing they had a passion for, the radio. So they had to work on their grades, and you all know that you don't graduate unless you get a certain QPA, right? Yeah. And so I would like to believe that in po uh, enforcing that rule of a 2-0, help these people grow. It isn't all just flowery stuff. Sometimes you have to make tough decisions and say, look, guy, you're off the air. That's tough. That's tough for me to do, but I did it. And it helps that those students and most students, I would say, who come into the college radio station have a deep love for what they do once they get on the air, working behind the scenes to grow the station. And if they don't have that anymore because their grades are suffering, and hopefully that will give them the willpower to get their grades back up, to get back into the station that they know and love. Well, that was the goal. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. And another thing that I've always appreciated about the station is that the technology within the station helped me, especially for me, since I was able to go and work in radio for a time and I'm still working in radio, I was able to get that hands-on experience because all the technology kind of for the most part was up to date in terms of the slider board. I was able to get a basic understanding of what to expect when I would be on the air and then go to a commercial radio station and be able to use similar slider boards. And of course, when you're working for a commercial radio station, it's going to be more advanced. It's going to be more up to date, but at least I was able to have a basic understanding of what I needed to do to set me up for the future. Oh, yeah. And I was there's one key period at IXQ where we were really blessed with computer types, Eric Goodmanson and Brian Henderson. And they took us into technology and web paging way before maybe even some uh, commercial radio stations had discovered it. So we, we were fortunate in that students would always come along and, and be able to push us in the right direction. And that's like, it makes me think of Steve Euknes, who we interviewed on episode number 40. He worked in commercial radio for a time, and he recognized that the station needed to make some upgrades as far as station technology was concerned. And he brought in a whole new system to create production at the station. 
and it really changed the game for WIXQ heading into the 2000s. Yep, and and uh, it was student run, and students were making these decisions. You think Doc knows anything about technology? No way. They would bring it to me, and then I would, uh, I mean, something as simple as a CD player, a student brought to me, because I was used to vinyl, and then they introduced CDs. And, and so there was always the students who were on the cutting edge of the new stuff. And Doc was just there to make sure there was funding for it. That was my goal, was to get not get the money, but somehow have Senate allocate the money. And I think I'd like to mention, since we're along the lines of the student here, Doc, council can be a tremendous way to invest in the future of the student, having the structure within your constitution. That way they have an idea on what they are supposed to do within their own respective positions at WIXQ or whatever college radio station it may be. Yeah, and that is why, of course, we were student-run. We had to have a constitution, which we would also update periodically because constitutions become obsolete. You would have to update them. Yeah, because as more technology evolves, as the position evolves, as the people or the students, I should say, decide what they want to do or what they don't want to do, if they feel something isn't necessary anymore, they might want to drop it. And that can be good. It can be bad. I know there's some positions that I wish our station still had. But again, it was up to them to make that decision. But they had the basis to do so thanks to this radio station that welcomed their future. Yes. And that is why we we kept it going. And that is why Doc always referred to the Constitution if there was ever an issue. And something that I also genuinely appreciated about our radio station, Doc, that didn't necessarily exist for quite some time. But you said earlier in this episode about how you were always trying to find the next leader of the station. And you were able to do so somewhat, in some way. I don't know how exactly I want to say this. I want to, I want to say it delicately. But there came a point in time where WIXQ developed some seed money. They came into some seed money. And they were able to establish a scholarship benefiting the future leaders of the college radio station. Yes, that is correct. Uh, I submitted a, uh, what would you call it? Uh, they, I got a call for uh, from the local, uh, what was it? The United Press or whatever. It was. I can't remember what it was. And I submitted the name of Eric Goodmanson uh, to win a win a scholarship and uh, not a scholarship, but to win some money for, uh, and I, because he had started technology at WIXQ, we won. And then, uh, then that became seed money for later establishing a scholarship to uh to, that was hopefully to re, to reward people, not just for their past performance, but to encourage them to run for leadership positions at WIXQ. So I want to ask you about this station scholarship process, Doc. What do the students have to do in order to get this scholarship? Very simple. I mean, every every uh, spring semester, we put out a, a little questionnaire, a little uh, application form that you can win $1,000 because we got we up the scholarship every year to... Uh, to, to get it for that it's an endowed scholarship that gives the interest off the principal of a thousand. And they answer two questions. That's all. Why do you think you deserve the water? What would you do for the future of WIXQ? What are you planning to do? And then we have an interview process and we interview that person and then we award the scholarship. So it's a very simple process, but it was an attempt to encourage future leadership. What does that interview process entail, Doc? Who's all invested? Who's all in this interview? Well, of course, it, it is me and Mama because we set up the scholarship. It's a it's a, a, a graduate of WIXQ uh, and has been Eric Goodmanson who won the scholarship ever since we started the process. 
and then two students selected by the students. So it's a five-person committee that interviews the candidates. How difficult may it be deciding on who's going to win that scholarship, Doc? Sometimes it's extremely difficult. I am strictly a tiebreaker. Usually, I'm going to give you some inside dirt. Usually it's unanimous. The students agree with the two outside people, so I don't have to vote. I'm just the moderator. But there has been a couple times. Well, let's see. I'm trying once in particular, twice in particular, where I broke the tie. I I've only voted twice in that entire time of that scholarship, and I can't remember how many years it's been, but it's been at least twenty years, and I've only voted twice. How rewarding is it for you to see these college radio students walk away with a scholarship that's going to help them in the end? Very rewarding because every one of those scholarship winners, if you look historically, has wound up holding a key position at WIXQ. What have they said to you, Doc, in return for giving them that scholarship? Well, I've gotten nice thank you notes sometimes. They better give you a thank you note. I don't I don't do it for thank you notes, but uh, sometimes you don't get anything, but you get the satisfaction of uh, seeing that person succeed in the job. Now, I want you to think back here, Doc, in all the years that you have handed out the Rank Rock Award, the WIXQ scholarship that we've just been talking about, what specific examples, and I don't want you to name any names here, but what specific examples of scholarship award winners have really genuinely oppressed you with what they have done after they've walked away with that scholarship? Well, that's really tough one, Shay, because I, I didn't do it for that reason per se, uh, but obviously someone who's gone on to success in business world, run, ran, ran their own company for a while, then sold the company and is now independently living a good life uh, comes to mind. I'm trying to, I, I guess there aren't any, I mean, it's just that they've gone on. I mean, someone who started out a, a total anti-United States America person is now working for the government. Can you believe that, Shane Garcia? Huh? So there are lots and lots of success stories. Because how do you really measure success? Is it in money? No. It is in contribution. It is what they do later in life to help the world become a better place. Because as I wrap around back to earlier, I'd like to believe the younger kids are going to do a better job than us old people did and make the world better. There's no better way to end this podcast than that quote right there. I, I don't think we can get in anymore about how we can invest in the future of the students, at least not today. No, I think we actually dabbled a little bit into some future topics, but they're good teasers, elitins. Is that how? Is that what they teach you, Shane Garcia? I have no idea what I'm talking about. It just comes natural to me. I'm always trying to find that next break to get into the next episode. But you know what? We've hit on one a couple times here today on this podcast, Doc, because on the next episode, well, next episode, can you believe this? It's number 50, Doc, our 50th episode of Scholastic Transmission. Really? Yes. Boy, time flies when you're having fun. That is right. That is right. But a couple times on this podcast here today, Doc, you name drop someone who is a very, very dedicated leader to the college radio station. This being former college radio chief announcer, former college radio station manager, and he is a former winner of the Scripps Howard Foundation's most Valuable College Broadcast Staffer Award, which allowed him to start up the scholarship at WIXQ. Of course, we are talking about Eric Goodmanson. He will be joining us on episode number 50 of Scholastic Transmission.
Boy, am I looking forward to that. As everybody knows, Eric had a special relationship with Doc, and Doc really had a special relationship with Eric. And he, yeah, there's no question he's one of my favorites. When I was planning out our podcast schedule for the weeks and months ahead, I knew I wanted to do something monumental for our 50th episode to celebrate the fact. And there was no bigger name for me to bring on for number 50 than Eric Goodmanson. Because Eric, if you think about this, Doc, when we first started this venture, we really wanted to promote the fact of what college radio can do for the non-broadcasting student. Eric was not a communications major. He was absolutely not a communications major. He has one hell of a radio voice, which is why he became chief announcer. But he was so driven in terms of technology and the evolution of technology that he allowed the station to thrive during the late 1990s, heading into the 2000s by setting up new waves and new factors to get WIXQ out and around campus and into the community. Then, of course, he became station manager, and he continued to do that, especially with many of the people that he surrounded himself with when he was at WIXQ, which, of course, led him to being named the Scripps Howard Foundation's most valuable college broadcast staffer. Yes, and, and, and that is a great story to put for later about going down to Washington, picking up the wad, coming back with the money. So I want to reminisce with Eric Goodmanson. And I don't want to give away too much here because Eric has a tremendous story that absolutely deserves to be shared. And I don't want to get into it too much as well. And even though I I know people say that I have a good radio voice, wait until you hear Eric's. And I want you to hear Eric's story in his own voice because it is so good. Gotcha, Shane. I'm ready. But in the meantime, stay up to date with the podcast by following us all across social media at College Radio Pod. And be sure to share the podcast with your friends, your family, and anybody that loves college radio. Now, before we go today, Doc, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about in regards to investing in the future of the students here today? I've invested enough, Shane. I've invested enough. And I know us. On every single episode of Scholastic Transmission, we always give some examples on how you can invest in the future of the students. So if you'd like to hear more, go back and listen to our previous 48 episodes or get ready for the future episodes ahead by subscribing today. So for Dr. Ralph Doc Rock Antonin, I'm Shane Garcia. Thank you so much for listening to Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast. Class is dismissed.